Hey yo, and welcome back to the In This Together podcast. It's your host, MM, and today we have a little special guest. We are going to have my new friend on, Aaron Moore, and this conversation, y'all, was incredible. I just got to meet Aaron this past month. I think it was, I think, yeah, I think it was about a month ago, um, and hear her story at the LO Sister Retreat, and oh my goodness, this girl was just incredible, and as soon as I heard her story, I knew she had to come on and talk to y'all because she just talks about God's calling and how his ministry is really everywhere. I think so many times we define and we box God in and we box ministry into only being a job within the church. And she is working. I'm not going to tell y'all where. I'll let y'all be a surprise. But she is working not in the church and just doing doing such incredible ministry. And I just hope that encourages you that I know a lot of our listeners are going out of college into the post-grad life and they're getting jobs or maybe you're going to get an intern this summer. Maybe you're in college and you're trying to figure out what to do or you're in high school or Ah, there's so many different things and so many different places and we struggle so much to kind of figure out what we're going to do with our life and like what is our purpose and she just really talks about how our purpose is loving and serving and so I'm so excited for y'all to listen to her and just get to hear this conversation and a little disclaimer unfortunately the audio for this one for this podcast is not exactly the best we this is our first guest that we've ever had from a virtual setting and so it kind of is spotty but I thought about redoing it and honestly all the conversation was just too good and too real and to redo and I just kind of wanted to go ahead and put it on there and so if it bothers you I just challenge you to stick through it it's really not that bad and whenever you keep listening you'll find so much truth and so much wisdom you hardly will even notice at some points but I just want to give you that little warning and hey we're just about being in this together and sometimes our audio stinks and sometimes our calls drop and all things happen so this is just part of life so we hope that um, you just kind of meet us where we are and we meet you where you are and that's just part of being friends so listen to this not great greatly audio podcast, but it has some great wisdom in it. So I'm going to leave it there. So wait, tell me a little bit about you just so I know, because honestly, I was like, I was thinking about it because, oh my goodness, like, I really don't know that much about Erin. And I talk, about, <laughs> I talk about you like I know you so well, which is so funny. Because I just love your story so much. Like every, I've literally talked about like your furniture store story. That's how much it hit me. Oh, wow. Like I've talked about it. Like I talked about it last night at youth group. Like told everyone in our small group about it. Because we were just talking about like callings and everything. And then I talked about it with, um, I had an ambassador meeting for our last ambassador one. And I was just talking about how, I was talking about being a powerful Christian leader and how like so many of us, like I made them all right. I am a powerful Christian leader. And so many people were like, no, like I'm not. And I was like, well, you don't realize we've made powerful have to do with like our following, but it has to do with who we are following. Right. You know? Right. And we make like a leader sound like it has to be like tons of people, but really a leader is just one person. I told them your story and I was like, now she's a powerful Christian leader, you know? And so anyways, I'm just so encouraged by you. And I'm like, oh, this is so funny because I really don't even know you that well, but I know that your story <laughs> will minister to so many people and so anyways I'm just excited so tell me just a little bit about you too before we even um, get started well everything you just said like that's such an honor that's like huge mm-hmm. that's so um sweet. so I'm thank you like I mm-hmm. do not deserve it um mm-hmm. but I'm so grateful that like what I told you this morning like what the Lord is in my life my main priority is give glory to him and for it to have an impact on people and so the fact that it is is just while in and of itself, um, because like I work at a furniture store, <laughs> you wouldn't think that working at a furniture store or working at McDonald's or working at 
Plato's Closet, like wherever mm-hmm. you're at, would have an impact on people the way it does um, yeah. until it does. So mm-hmm. when you see it and you hear it, it's like, okay, whoa, like there's purpose in where I'm at and what I'm doing. So, um, yeah. But yeah, I'm 24. I have to get used to saying that. I just turned 24 Thursday. Happy late birthday. So, Happy late birthday. Thanks. thanks. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm used to saying I'm 23. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I'm 24 and married to a guy I did not think I would ever be married to in my life, like ever. Um, no, like I'm so serious. I prayed against really him. Um, no, like we were just friends and I was his wing woman and he was my wing man and ended up being together. And so we've been married for a full year now, um, which is nuts, but I mean, there's really not much to tell. I'm just a (laughs) Southern girl (laughs) in Hattiesburg, Mississippi, trying to make it, trying to live life to the fullest. And, um, it's really hard sometimes, but it's worth it, you know? Mm -hmm. I love that. And did you go to school in Hattiesburg? I think I might as well just start because honestly, I love that intro. It just made me laugh so hard. So <laughs> we're just going to start. We're just going to go for it. I am here for it. So I did two years at PERC, which is technically called MGCCC, Mississippi mm-hmm. Gulf Coast. Um, to Like that, part, we call it Perkadice because it's literally the best community college. That's what it is. Uh-huh. It's like one of the best community colleges. And so did that for two years and then I did Southern Miss for two years. Okay, so. awesome. And then you are still in Hattiesburg right now, right? Yeah, I've been here for four years, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, four okay. years. So, yes. And you might be wondering how Erin and I met. And so we actually <laughs> got to meet at the LO Sister Retreat, which is for the LO Sister Ambassador or the LO Sister app. And so the LO Sister app is something that actually my sister in law, Sadie, has and what it really focuses on is bringing sisters and friends and bringing everyone into a community together and whether or not you realize it we're all sisters um, in Christ and so it just really helps emphasize that and like that community and making you realize that you're not alone in this world I know there's so many different I'm on the app and there's so many different groups that you can tune into like if you're a mom and it just makes you realize that you're not alone like even my friend Grace Valentine I was just reading this morning how she posted about the spring break body image and all and we have spring break next week and it was just so comforting to hear her message and just her words about you are so much more than your body you know your arms are so much more than looking tone for a picture and your legs are so much more than the pictures and all and how you look in a bikini your body is meant to like to bring you places and so it was just really comforting and so I love that app and if you aren't on it then I would highly consider it because if it really does help bring community but I got the pleasure and the joy of meeting Erin <laughs> at the Ello Sister Retreat which was for ambassadors and so she's actually an ambassador of the app so how did you get plugged into that too how did you become an ambassador honestly it was such a god thing like it really was um it came out of nowhere the team messaged me on Instagram, and when they did, I kind of just had a moment. I sat back, and I was like, wait, did they message the right person? <laughs> um, I, like, I mean, if you go to my Instagram, I mean, I've got, got 2,000 followers, half of which mm-hmm. are from my hometown. The other half are the people I've met in Hattiesburg, and yeah. um, a lot of it, like, it just seemed as if I were completely, probably the most unqualified person for it. But mm-hmm. when I went to the retreat, um, God just so, he, he's so compassionate and so caring and 
so intentional. He reminded me that, you know, he uses um, the unlikely people. He uses Mm -hmm. um, people that he can equip and call them to higher things. And like, I'm doing a study right now um, from Jenny Allen's new book, Find Your People. Mm -hmm. And um, in the study, like she puts on the last day how Jesus were all wrong, but they were Mm -hmm. willing. They were wanting and they were all in. And when they messaged me on Instagram asking to be an ambassador, like that was my initial response. Like I'm all in, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, that's kind of how I got plugged in. It was out of the blue through the DMs on Instagram where everything happens. And um, I'm so thankful for it. God has been showing me so much of me through it, Mm -hmm. which is crazy and so much of him. Um, So a lot of things I've overcome, a lot of major things at the retreat for sure um, that I'm just so grateful for. Yeah. It's so cool too, how you, it was nothing of your own works, you know, then they literally came and they reached out to you. And I think sometimes we always are trying to do, we're always trying to accomplish it our, all ourselves. Right. And it's so cool to kind of take a step back and let God chase after you. And it might not always look like a DM. It might not always look like opportunity or so, but it could just be in the way that like this one person just consistently is texting you and just reminding you that you're loved or like how your mom and like having conversations with your mom and talking to her or just different things like that. You just really, it really shows you how God's chasing after you in so many different ways. And so I love that you said that. And that it wasn't really anything of your own power. Um, But, and then also you said you were a wife and I asked this to everybody before we get started on just everything. And Aaron's going to be really talking about just like calling and just ministry in a way that looks different than how we've almost boxed it ministry in to look like. And that's why I'm so inspired and so excited to talk about her story. But before that, everyone, I'm engaged. And <laughs> I, everyone that I meet that is in, is married or is engaged or in that similar season of life or the season I'm about to be in, I ask them, what's your best piece of marriage advice? Because I feel like it's so important to ask. And it's really cool because you get to see all the different couples and you get to know the couples a little bit more. So you said you're married for about a year. Yeah. What is your best piece of marriage advice this far? Um. So Honestly, I feel like we're the same person every mm-hmm. time we talk because um, <laughs> I did the same thing with every customer that came into the store and all the mm-hmm. friends we have around us and um, those of which who are like, older um, mm-hmm. and white. I would ask them like, hey, what's the what's the best piece of advice you've got for marriage? And they all told me the same thing that I'm now seeing um, wow. throughout my own marriage. And it's so simple, but I think we overcomplicate it so much. It's like communication it's mm-hmm. so important you have to communicate how you feel and what you're going through to that other person because we think guys like know what we're thinking and they don't they have no clue they have <laughs> so no, yeah. no clue when mm-hmm. I'm thinking how I would really love some flowers Austin is not thinking about that at all he is thinking no. about what he's got to do on his plate and that's it if you don't feel like talking talk anyways because oh, that's good a lot of the time we bottle it up and we keep it and I'm that way like mm-hmm. but I won't address it at first I'll just kind of like tuck it under and say you know it doesn't really matter and forget it but then I don't really forget it or let it go I bottle yeah. it and then when it happens again or when Austin upsets me again or does something that I didn't really want him to do he doesn't do it the right way then it I just like explode on him and mm-hmm. If we were to communicate better and if I were to communicate that on the front end, we could avoid that entirely. 
you know. That is so good. I absolutely love that. Talk, even if you don't want to talk, talk anyways, because there is, this reminds me of the story, Chance and I, it was before we started dating and we were kind of, we had been like talking for a little bit and he had been like pursuing me and we'd been like intentionally hanging out and all of that. And then he actually took me, I got to meet like his whole family. And so he took me to his house and I had already met them a few times, but I got to meet like everyone, like his brother and all of that. And if anyone is in that stage, it's a little bit intimidating. <laughs> it's terrifying. There. It's so scary and it's so intimidating, but it, they did an amazing job making me feel welcomed. And that was just a huge testimony to how their family is and how incredible they all are. But it was so funny because we actually weren't dating at this point. And this is one of my favorite things, like one of my favorite stories ever of Chance. And he kept on putting his arm around me or like trying to hold my hand (laughs) in front of his family. And I was freaking out. He kept on trying to put his arm around me and he kept on trying to hold my hand. And I'm just freaking out. I'm like, we're not dating. I don't know who you think you are. Like, this is just not it. Like, you can't do this. Like, you need to ask me to be your girlfriend, blah, blah, blah. And so anyways, I, I kept on, I had all these thoughts. And then afterwards we were done hanging out with his family and so we were just driving around and we were, went to go get something or grab something or whatever. And I had all these thoughts and I was so frustrated, but I didn't talk about it mm-hmm. and I didn't like say anything. And I just kind of let it like boil up and like boil and like fester up. And yeah. we were really new in our relationship. And I think that that's really hard whenever you're new in a relationship to like share how you're really feeling. It's like really, it's really easy just to kind of let it all just kind of fester or just like hide it. And one thing that I'll say is a really good piece of advice is like, if you are in a beginning a relationship or anything like that, actually talking and like saying how you really feel. Cause you don't, you want to base that, that relationship on truth. Right. And so if you're just trying to hide all these things, then you're going to get down the road, like five months later or six months later when you can't hide it anymore. And you're going to be like, Oh my goodness. And things are just going to explode. And right. so anyways, I had this moment where he was about to drop me off at my car and I was like so mad and he had no idea the whole time he's like singing having a great time in the car like (laughs) he has no idea that I'm innerly like boiling and like so confused and I'm like does he want to date me does he not you know I just met his family and so anyways I'm about to leave the car and I look at him and I was just like so is this (laughs) this is so I was like is this just a summer thing or are you I literally was like what is your intention And y'all, he had made it so evident with all of his actions, with all of his words, that it wasn't anything like that. But I was so confused. And I was just kind of like in this place of like in my head. And he and I look at him, I'm like, 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 what's like, what's your intention? Like, what are we? And because I was like, you had your hand around on like you had your hand, like we're trying to hold my hand and you had your hand around me or arm around me. And he looks at me and he was just like, I thought we were already dating. <laughs> See, and I'm like, like, that's what I mean. They don't know. Yeah. And they did. And he was like, my, and he was like, my, like, I thought we were already dating. Like I'm not, I've made it so clear and he had made it so clear, but I'm just a words affirmation person. Me Shout too. out to my words affirmation people. Um, and so I needed to like hear it. And he was doing all the things and doing everything like we were dating, but I just didn't know. And so Anywhere we hadn't, he hadn't made that clear. And so it was so funny because he has this one quote and I'll just, this is my favorite one of him of all time. He was like, well, I don't want you to be, he was like, you need to talk about these things because I don't want you to be feeling all, does he like me? Does he want to be with me? Blah, 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 blah. While I'm I'm over here, rainbows and butterflies. So excited (laughs) because I got like this amazing girl by my side. And I was like, I was like, okay. And it just was such a funny moment. And, but it really is so true. Communication is key. And so I love that. You said that. I love that. Um, Well, and one of the things I've learned too, like even in your relationship with the Lord, 
your relationship with humanity is supposed to mimic that. And mm. if, if you're not speaking things into the light, then you're literally giving the enemy full control over wow. your emotions and your feelings. And so if he can make you doubt and if he can confuse you, then it completely diverts you from the purpose God's given you in that time in your life, you know? So I, I've always reminded myself, like, nothing good grows in the dark. But if wow. I speak it out into the light, and he wants to attack my marriage. Like, mm-hmm. daily, he's trying to get me and Austin away from Jesus, away from loving one another the way that he loves us. Like, he doesn't mm-hmm. want our marriage to flourish. So if there are things that I'm not communicating, things I'm feeling, things that have hurt me or what I'm struggling with, if I'm saying those things out loud and bringing it into the light, then the enemy will continue to have a field day on whatever my feelings are in that moment. So it just, it strengthens our marriage more than anything. I feel like that's going to help so many people because I feel like it's so easy to keep things in the darkness. And there's a reason why we try and stay there is because it's comfortable. You know, whenever you see light, you know, this is kind of a funny um, like metaphor, just like making you realize the point, but like, you know, when you've been out in your room all day or like you've been somewhere dark all day and then you go out and you see the light and you're like, your eyes hurt. It like takes a little bit to adjust. Yes. It's like, don't be afraid to like, whenever you're getting out of darkness, that little adjustment period, you know, where it takes to get into the light. Like, it's not going to be like, okay, I'm in the light. I'm stepping out. I'm doing all these things, you know? Right. It's like, there's going to be hard conversations like that eye adjustment, you know, like maybe it's hard conversations between you and you and Austin, you know, or between Chance and I, or between friends. And just think of that as that little like eye adjustment as to like getting into the light. And so um, anyways, I love that. That's so beautiful. And so whenever you're talking about school, so you went to Southern Miss, did you end up, what did you end up majoring in? So I changed my major, like I say three times, some people say four, but Mm -hmm. it just depends on like how you, how you like at it. But originally Mm -hmm. I went to college, wanted to do pre-med. Um, I really shot for the stars and then I, that's actually really funny. Yeah. I switched to nursing and I was like, okay, I can Mm -hmm. do nursing. My mom, um, was in nursing school too. And then the Lord called me out of nursing and into elementary ed. Like literally I remember the day that he called me out and it was so terrifying because I was like, are you sure? You know, like when you, when you like hear God's voice, but you don't like hear it audibly, you know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that was one of those moments. And I was in elementary ed year, maybe even less. And then he's like, no, like I need you in communications. And I'm like, okay, wait, you told me this and now I'm hearing this and Mm -hmm. knew as soon as I got into communications, like that was where he wanted me to be. So I kind of jumped each, each realm and told myself and told people in high school, I'm never Mm going to change my major. I'm going to stick to it. Yeah. I I completely blew that off. (laughs) Yeah. That's so funny. It's funny how, as we talk, we just pick up, we figure out how similar we are because I actually started as a pre-med major as well. And I was going to be a a PA. Oh, wow. I didn't change to my junior year. And in that change, my junior year, I went to like child and family life sciences thinking maybe I'd be a speech pathologist. And then went to all these, like, I think I changed mine about three or four times before. I ended up arriving where I am now, which is um, basically the one that's going to get me out in the fastest for four years. <laughs> it's social sciences, which is um, I have concentrations in like social entrepreneurship and innovation and then public administration. But it is funny how sometimes our pride's like, I don't want to change, you know, but yes. we kind of have that calling of like, 
okay, I, you need to change. Like, this isn't right for you. How did you kind of obey that calling or how did you hear that calling? Because I think that that's something that people say all the time. And I kind of want to help people who maybe are new to the Lord or just in their relationship. And they're like, how do you know that you hear God and like a calling or like, what was that process like for you? Because and that's a really hard, big question. But I think that um, if we can kind of talk about that and kind of put some light on it, because we always talk about it in, I feel like Christianity and like faith and like following God, but we never really take a second to like explain kind of how to do that. So how did yeah. that process kind of look for you? So I met Jesus in college. I had like, that's whenever I really developed a relationship with him. It's kind of like you have a friend on Instagram and you're, you follow them, they follow you and you know of them and you feel like, you know, their whole life story, but you really don't know them. Like you don't have a friendship with them, you know, like a Mm one-on-one. I knew of him for years and I knew what he did and I knew the stories and kind of knew the gist of like who he was but I didn't have a relationship with him and that's like very different and so in college um, my sophomore year college room dorm and Mm -hmm. um on my floor literally I was just like before him and I'm like I want nothing more than to be yours to be Mm -hmm. um your daughter to be in the family and I remember him saying you already are you were from the beginning Mm -hmm as I grew over the course of the last few years and like really being in an intentional relationship with him, something much more than just like, Hey, how are you? Like being honest and vulnerable. I've learned how to discern like the Lord's voice versus the enemy's voice. Mm -hmm. So changing my major, it was the enemy was saying, you know, you're going to fail college. You're not going to succeed in life if you don't do this. And the Lord was like, go. And I'm like, all right, Mm -hmm. cool. I'll go. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, it's just knowing the Lord's saying knowing what the enemy is saying and I think sometimes too God doesn't even speak like he's silent yeah, yeah. it's usually the enemy that's talking so loud like oh that's volume, so good volume at 100 but wow it's so if, good. if you can see how the enemy's talking to you mm-hmm. then I think that helps make the decision to go forward with Jesus you know yeah. the enemy's never going to push you towards Jesus he's going to push you away yeah, it's so cool about how the enemy is always going to try and talk so loud because last night I was actually at small group and one of the leaders was saying how the Lord's voice off, it doesn't come like in like these big, like grand gestures all the time or like these big, like loud, thunderous coming down, you yeah. know, of, like this is what you should do, but it actually comes in like these small whispers. Yeah. And I love that because it shows you that sometimes you need to get alone and you need to, before you make like these big decisions. And like, if you are a question, like if a calling is from God, or like if you're hearing the enemy's voice or if you're hearing the Lord's and like that difference, like, like getting alone and like listening, you know, and like reading and just like taking that time to like put yourself in the word and let those little whispers come. Because I think so many times, like we just let everything else cloud our life and let all everything else be the noise of our life. And we forget that those things aren't like life giving, you know, not all of these loud voices are life giving. And we really need to tune into that whisper of a voice. And that's the Lord. And I mean, if you even think about it, it says that the path that the path to heaven and the path to like to goodness and to him is like a narrow path. It's a narrow path because of you have to listen to little whispers, you know, you right. have to. And so I love that. And I think that 
a bit, a very tangible way of like doing that is like taking the time to like be by yourself, like to quiet yourself. And like, there's so much go, go, go in this world that we forget why we're going and why we're going there and right. what we're going there to do. And so I think that a big thing for me, that's even helps with like calling in my life, like deciding if it was like from the Lord or not, was like actually sitting with him and right. just like reading and writing and um, just trying to figure out exactly like if that was God. Um, and so that was awesome. And you are talking about callings and the thing that I'm so excited about and why I kind of asked you that question is because you made a big leap in your face. <laughs> and um, why I asked you what your major was in college is because uh, are you pursuing a career right now uh, that goes with your major in college? And uh, kind of what are you doing right now? Because God put a calling on your heart that wasn't something that you necessarily would have picked. And I love how obedient you were in this story. So if you just want to kind of share about where you are right now, what you're doing. Yeah. So to answer your question, I would mm-hmm. say like, yes and no, like I'm using mm-hmm. my major, but I'm not doing at all what I thought I would be doing. Yeah. Um, I interned at a church at the church that we go to and I lead worship at um, for two years. So for my junior and my senior year, when I was making that transition, I did elementary ed junior year and then fall semester of my senior year, I switched to communications. So yeah. it was, that was a huge leap in and of itself, but, um, for sure, like Jesus was leading me in that, but finished at the church. I knew like God wasn't done with me here. And I had a close friend of mine tell me that too. Like she reminded me, she said, you know, I feel God is writing a longer chapter and I think you're, you think it's the end, but it might be just the beginning. And so, um, I was like, okay, well, if that's the case, like I knew in my heart, like he had already been telling me that, you know, I felt it, um, yeah. that I wasn't leaving quite yet. Like he wasn't done, but he actually laid, um, a store that's local here on my heart. Like the name of it is Miss Kelly's furniture. And, um, the family usually lives in like Jackson, Mississippi. And, um, but we have a Hattiesburg location. And when he did that, I was so caught off guard. I was like, wait, are you sure about this? But I knew it was from him because he kept saying it and saying it and saying it. And it just didn't line up with anything that I was doing. Like Mm -hmm. I knew it had to be from him. And so when he put it on my heart, I called a friend and I was like, Hey, um, just got some questions. Do you have any interviews open? And she was like, yeah, come by today. And so I walked, I walked into the store. Literally this is within two days. Mm-hmm. walked into the store and I sit down for an interview with the manager and he asked me like, Hey, Aaron, so what made you decide to come here? What made you decide to work in furniture? And I said, um, the Lord, he, yeah, he called me here and I have no idea what I'm doing here. And I just started like telling him basically what God was doing with me in that season. And I said, I know he's called me here. I know he asked me to come and I don't know why I've never sold furniture before. I've never done (laughs) sales. I'm literally like, I'm telling him all the reasons why I'm not a good applicant. And then he gives me the job. (laughs) It was so confusing because I'm like, okay, that's for sure. God, because Mm -hmm. if I walked into anywhere and said, you know, I'm not qualified for this, I've never done it. Do you think they would really hire me? Probably not. They would hire somebody who's experienced. Mm Mm-hmm. But I wasn't. And I think God uses the people experienced to Mm -hmm. do the like the extraordinary things, to do the things that don't make sense. Because when it Mm -hmm. doesn't make sense, 
the only answer you have is God. Like, so that's true. It. So good. Come on. Yeah. So I got the job and I've been loving on people for the last year, helping make their house a home. And mm-hmm. one of our statements is like our family serving your family with excellence. And I love it because it's not like one of those words that always jumps out to me is family. And mm-hmm. anytime I meet a stranger, like I've met so many people in the last year, I always take my name tag off <laughs> because I never <laughs> want them to think that I'm a salesperson. I yeah. want them to think of me as a friend. And yeah. so I tell yeah. people all the time, like I told a customer this last week, I was walking with their kid, like their little baby girl ran with me to the back and they had no idea. And so they're looking for her and I'm like, oh yeah, I have her. She's good. Mm-hmm. Um, but I tell them all the time, you know, I really am not a salesperson at the end of the day. I'm like yeah. a babysitter. I'm a therapist. I'm a counselor. I'm a friend. Like uh-huh. I do everything. And then if they choose to buy furniture or mattresses or not, like as long as they came in and they felt loved while they were there and they leave feeling more loved than when they came in, that my mission is done. That's a yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. Wow. That is so awesome. That it, it makes me, I'm like just smiling ear to ear right now <laughs> because it makes me so happy because I think that so many times we put so much pressure on ourselves yes. whenever we leave college and like whenever we get these degrees and whenever we're thinking about what we're going to do with our life, like, you know, and it really comes down to like this thing of loving and serving and yes. you just exemplify that heart posture so much. Like it's not for Aaron's kingdom. Like you're there for God's kingdom and it is just so evident wow. and I'm just so hyped and I'm just so proud of you because I know that that's a hard decision. I mean, if you look at how our society is nowadays, they always say that you have to climb the ladder or you have to get this kind right. of job to be successful or to just be happy, you right. know, and it just shows you like you are so joyful when you tell this story oh. and it's not because of anything of like a status or anything like that. It's truly because you are loving and serving and you know that that is where true, true joy comes from. And so oh, for wow. the people right now that are thinking about their careers and where they're going to be at the end of the day, if you're going to be, lo- think about you loving and serving, and that's where you're going to find the most joy because yeah. you can try it. You can look at all these jobs where you climb the ladder and when you think, oh, I'll be so happy once I'm the CEO of this, or once yes. I'm the person that is designing this, or once I'm the person that's walking that run that runway you know but at the end of the day none of those things are going to actually bring you joy right it's all about the heart posture you go in there with and it's about that joy is something that you already have and, and I, so I just go, go keep oh, going sorry <laughs> no go <laughs> didn't mean to cut you off no um, you're so good no I and one of the things like I've learned over the last year is like what ministry looks like outside of the church and oh, that it, it so exists good. like you mm-hmm. don't you don't have to have, you don't have to work in a church or mm-hmm. be a part of like your own ministry, like have your own this and that, you know, to honor God and to bring glory to him and to share the gospel, like ministry Preach. happens in yes. your local grocery store and it yes. happens in your store too. And so, yeah. um, I always like remind myself, one of the things that I put on the back of my business cards, every mm-hmm. single card, if it's not on a card, it's on an invoice. I put, mm-hmm. you are so loved. Mm-hmm. And I think it's because like, like my, my mission while I'm there is to love my neighbor as myself, yeah. to love the Lord, your God, with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, mm-hmm. that is the greatest commandment. And then to love your neighbor as yourself. It says it in mm-hmm. Matthew. And that, that's what I kind of go back to every day because 
it's not easy loving people. I don't know. Like, I think we sometimes think two things. Ministry has to happen in a church or with a church, but we forget that it's not a building. It's not a name, you know, Mm -hmm. like we are, we are the body of Christ. We are the church. And so ministry happens in us and with us. And so the second thing to that is I think like we sometimes think people is super easy and because we, it's easy to like, look at your neighbor and hug them and say, Hey, how are you when you're a really joyful person? But what about the people who don't know what love looks like? Loving that person is really hard. Mm -hmm. And I always like, kind of refer back to people in history who like most people would say they don't deserve to be loved but Jesus created them in their mother's womb he created Mm -hmm. them just like he created me decisions they made in their life does not reflect the Christ that created them wow you know what I mean so (laughs) and I I always want to live my life um in a way that exemplifies the love of the Lord because that is something that has saved me in life like Mm -hmm. he has shown me what love looks like as a child of divorced parents who grew Mm -hmm. up um in and out of different friends and families houses like Mm -hmm. we lost our house um back in like 2012 2011 maybe Mm -hmm. my parents divorced shortly after that and so I didn't have a picture of perfect love I didn't have a picture of a great marriage or anything like that if anything I had a false image of love and a false representation Mm -hmm. of what marriage looked like. So when I met Jesus in college and he showed me what it, what it really was intended for and what it looks like that changed the game for me. And so that's the kind of, that's the kind of love I want to give to other people. And it doesn't just happen with the customer walking to the store. It happens with Mm -hmm. my coworkers too, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So just had to throw Mm -hmm. that. That is so good. And I think that, you, there's so many people right now that are in these places, like they're maybe in a furniture store and they're working as well, or maybe they're at Starbucks or wherever they are. And they're considering their jobs, like maybe like more mundane or just like as places that they didn't really see themselves at, or like as transitional places. And it's like, no, you are there to love exactly where you are. And it's like, also would, I think I love this question. It's like, would you be okay? I was talking, we were talking about this again last night and it was like, would you be okay with if God called you to that furniture store or wherever it is for the rest of your life, would you still be loving and serving him there? Because I think that that shows you where if you're trying to, if you're serving for pride, you know, if you're serving because you want to be the one that does this or writes the book or does whatever it is, you know, like, are you doing it for your kingdom or for his? And when you can, when you can honestly say, God, if you have me at this furniture store for the rest of my life, I will love and I will serve you there. When you could honestly say that, like, that's when he, like, that's when you know that your relationship and your posture and your heart with the Lord is there. And that is like one of the most beautiful places that you can be. And that's where he can bless you, you know, and like all these things. I'm not talking like all these like prosperity, like he's going to bless you with all this wealth Mm -hmm. or anything like that, but that's where he'll bless you with joy and with that peace and that, that surpasses all understanding. And I love that because so many of us want that pedestal or we want that, that fame or that glory or all these different things. And we want to be on that pedestal, but when we're at the furniture stores and we're serving or when we're at our Starbucks and we're serving, we do it and we have such a groan, you know, we don't, we we do it with like, it's like pulling teeth is what a girl said last night. And he, and we, and then we expect to be the one 
who is bringing a generation to Christ. And it's like, how are you going to bring a generation to Christ if you can't even go into the furniture store and love people and serve them without it being pulling teeth? You know, how are you going to deal with whenever you're up and you are bringing a generation to Christ, all the criticism and all of the people that are coming against you and all the the warfare that's going to be going on around you, you know? Right. Um, so I just, I love that you say that. And I just, I'm so encouraged. And I love how you say that ministry doesn't have to just be done in the church because it is so incredible that we have the church and we have church ministry. And that is not bashing any of that. Y'all, we need right. people in church ministry. And that's, that's where God's calling you. That's where and I that's where God's. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that, that's where God's calling you. That's where he's got God's calling you. But just because he calls one person there, it doesn't mean that that's where he's also calling you. And so just being attentive to like where God's calling you on your heart, because maybe it looks different than that. And so um, I think that you could probably speak to this because I think that some people, they get callings and they almost know they are callings or they know the things that God's put on their hearts, but they're so afraid and they're so scared maybe of like what people will say about them or of just it not working out and all of these different things. What would you give? What would your best piece of be for somebody who is fearful of that, of taking the step into their calling, um, whatever it looks like. So I think it's so funny how you, you ask, because literally a week ago, mm-hmm. I had a conversation with one of my close friends on my couch. Um, mm-hmm. My couch is where all the greatest conversations happen. <laughs> I like, love that. I mean, literally for the last few years, that's where, mm-hmm. that's where it takes place. And uh-huh. um, I had a conversation with her. She was telling me, you know, I'm just so unhappy right now she's doing two jobs and Mm -hmm. I remember when she started the first job and why God called her there and I could tell that she had forgotten that she had forgotten why and Mm -hmm. she also was just saying how fearful she was and she knows she knows that God is calling her into this but she just doesn't know like she's scared and Mm -hmm. I told her I said you know I think fear waits for us at the gates of faith Like I really do. I think Mm -hmm. fear waits and we think that like we get scared. Like, Mm -hmm. no, like if I saw a huge bodyguard Mm -hmm. um, in front of a gate, I would Mm -hmm. probably be nervous to step through. But I think we have to remind ourselves that fear is not bigger than our God. Like God is bigger than our fear. Mm -hmm. And that, that guard that's in front of those gates, he's really small, really, really small. So if we were to just step past fear and walk into the gates of faith, all the unknown would be mm-hmm. just so worth it because we're we're stepping into faith with Jesus. Like we're trusting something yeah. much bigger than ourselves. Um, mm-hmm. And I always like, I guess if for me, when I'm wondering, like if I'm questioning the call God has in my life, um, mm-hmm. I then also ask myself, you know, what's my purpose? Mm-hmm. And my purpose is to love people and to love yeah. people well and to live life to the fullest. I think we often like, we feel so much pressure to like climb the ladder, like you said, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and I think a lot of girls and a lot of guys who struggle with wanting to do ministry, but they're mm-hmm. not where they think they should be comes from yeah. the pressure of the world trying yeah. to convince us that we should be at this certain place. And then when we get there, like we fulfilled our purpose. And that's not the case. Like we are fulfilling Mm -hmm. our purpose every day that we step into a relationship with Jesus. And we say, God, I'm all in today, tomorrow and the next day. And if it looks different than the way that I picture, then I'm for it. 
And so a year ago, if you would have like told me I would have been working in a furniture store for a full year at the beginning of it, when I stepped into it, I probably would have said, you know, in my heart, I probably wouldn't be happy working here forever. Mm-hmm. But over the year, God has molded my heart and shifted mm-hmm. my perspective in such a way that reminds me that it's not about me. Like the things I do every day are not about me. They are to bring mm-hmm. glory and honor to him. And so mm-hmm. now, if you were to ask me that question again, Aaron, mm-hmm. like if God asked you to stay at this furniture store of your life, would you be satisfied? And the answer is yes, because Mm -hmm. God reminded me of my purpose and he's given me a call and he's given me an opportunity. Gosh, it's such an opportunity to love Mm -hmm. people. Um, And I think we take it for granted because we think we need to love specific people Mm -hmm. and we don't, we always forget that we're to love all people. Yeah. So I love that. I've had some of the greatest conversations on sofas, the sofa that actually sits in my house is the one from the store I work at. Mm-hmm. It's the same exact sofa that I've had some of the deepest and most vulnerable conversations with customers, with literal strangers yeah. on, on in the store. I sat with mm-hmm. um, a single mom. She mm-hmm. rocked her baby boy to sleep um, mm-hmm. in her lap and her little girl was like twirling and dancing next to the sofa. Mm-hmm. We sat for two hours and she just Mm -hmm. poured her heart out to me. And Mm -hmm. she'd actually, before she walked into the store, when you first walk into our store, it, it honestly looks super glamorous. Like there's bleach white sofas, slip covers, Mm -hmm. there's like gold and marble accents. And I mean, Mm -hmm. it's pretty, they did a great job with the floor work, shout out. But when you walk in, it's super intimidating. You almost Mm -hmm. feel like you, like your wallet, is it big enough to be there? Yeah. And that is like, that breaks my heart just like thinking, you know, because mm-hmm. I know I felt that way. And mm-hmm. she actually told me, she said, Aaron, I, before I came here, before I walked in the door, I sat in the parking lot for two hours. And before I did that, I was at Salvage World trying to find a sofa for my house because I just mm-hmm. need something for me and my babies to sleep on. Mm-hmm. And she walked into the store. I was up next to greet her. And she ended up telling me like, everything that's going on in her life. Like she's struggling. She was um, in a relationship that was abusive and mm-hmm. she's just trying to make a happy life for her kids. And she wants nothing yeah. more for them to be like full and satisfied. And to have that conversation with her, to hear her heart, and then to be able to reciprocate encouragement and love coming from a child who had a single mom and yeah. was raised by a single mom. It was so, so coordinated by God and so beautiful Um, like that, that happened for two and a half hours. Like Mm -hmm. I would not trade that for the biggest sale you can think of, Mm -hmm. um, in at any time, like that, that's my sale. And I tell that all the time to my managers. I'm like, you know, I have conversations with people on the floor about Jesus. And that is like my win for the day. I could leave at $0. Yeah. And, and, but as long as I spoke Jesus into someone and I had mm-hmm. a conversation with someone and loved them well, that's all that matters. So yeah. to answer your question, like if you're wondering the call God has on your life, he's called you to love people wherever you're at. That's where you do it. Yeah. And I love a part of our mission. I literally am like teary eyed over here when you tell this story, because our whole mission and like the whole reason why we have MM, De- MM designs or this podcast or anything is truly to spread love, truth, and light, truth and light to all people. Wow. And we make sure to put all people in there. And I love that you said this and 
like I love the whole story of just like how it's at all these different locations and it's somewhere as simple as a couch yeah I think that sometimes (laughs) like I I love that you say this because in the whole the whole story that you've just been telling and the whole life you've been living really Erin because it just shows that you are the church like you know like we are the church and wherever we are wherever we are, the Lord is inside us and the Holy Spirit is residing in us and we have that power. And so I love that you just say that it's literally at a couch in a furniture store. (laughs) What a beautiful picture, you know, like if you think about Jesus and when he was walking on earth and all the things that he was doing, it was in there, he was in some very mundane places and just in some regular places. And so I think that that's something that, and he met people where they were, and sometimes we need to meet people where they are. And that means the furniture store and that right. means the Starbucks or wherever it is. And I just love how you actually take that time and you actually take that job, not as anything to do with like, it shows where your re- your real treasure is. Like your real treasure is not in the finances or getting the biggest sale or any of that stuff. Your biggest treasure is that in heaven. And you recognize that and look at how beautiful y'all and how full her life is when she recognizes that be in any circumstance, in any situation, with any job, and you could have such a full and beautiful life. And I think that that's honestly some of the some of the reason why we don't choose to follow the callings God puts on our hearts is because we worry that maybe our life won't be that full or it won't be that joyful or, you know, like we can't understand how it will be. And I love how you literally just paint the most beautiful, real, raw picture of just how full your life is at a furniture store. And it just just (laughs) tells me no eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no mind can imagine what God does for those who love him. And you're choosing to love him and look at the conversations that you had that we would never, ever think that you would have, you know, and all of these things that we couldn't have imagined. And so honestly, I am just so encouraged and in awe by you. And I am just so excited for people to hear this and hear just what God's been doing in your life. And I'm so thankful also for your obedience to that and for you choosing his kingdom over your own. And so I'm just so proud of you, Erin, and I'm proud to call you a friend. (laughs) And I just can't wait to hear how this is going to help people realizing that they are the church. You know, yeah, yeah. and that there is that they could spread love, truth and light to all people, wherever that is and wherever that is and wherever God calls them to be. So yeah. anyways, um, we're going to kind of wrap it up now um, after that incredible story. And I hope <laughs> that um, and I'm just so thankful for you and just thank you for coming on. And thank you're you for so talking sweet. To us. I genuinely have loved it. And like if there's a quote by Jenny Allen, I love, I keep mentioning her and I think it's because I, well, one, I look up to her, but two, I'm in a study um, about her book, but she writes, God purposefully set you in your place and in your time to love people in such a way that they will feel their way toward him and find him. And so if that can be a reminder to anyone who's listening, like people well and love people to the fullest and let God do the rest. Yeah. Um, so That's thank amazing. you so much for letting me be a part of this and just to like shine a light on Jesus. Like I'm where I am and I'm doing what I'm doing and my heart posture is where it's at because of him, not yeah. because of anything I did. Yeah. So That's I so really true. enjoyed it. <laughs> uh, no, thank you so much. You really exemplify exactly what it means just to 
really spread love, truth, and light to all people. And you know, we're so thankful for your yes and amen, Erin. Um, I love you, and I'm so excited. <laughs> Thank you again for taking the time yeah. to talk to us. And we will see you next time on the In This Together podcast. Bye.